Good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to another episode of Before Coffee. We're already ready in Discord here. Let's go ahead and start with the show. Hello, I'm here. I just uh, was starting all the programs and stuff. Sure My camera's not... Well, I don't think it's going to work all that well. Let's see. My camera's not working all that well either. Came to McDonald's and didn't bring any money. Up my wallet at the work, so I used my backpack, so... And the door's locked, so I didn't use the bathroom. They don't let people in at six. See me? I see you. Oh. Right. I don't see you. Yeah, I don't know why. My camera's little... not. There you go. Hey, there you are. Well, you look better. I look I'm not better. Yeah. I'm not as pick. Okay. McDonald's Wi-Fi is maybe working a little bit better, I don't know. <laughs> Okay, you got some stories. All right. We got 20 minutes behind here, so. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, I can go back to work, though. <laughs> I think you, I gotta go back to work. I, got I have three to hours work, too. Work. I have to edit. Okay. Yeah. I may not be doing work that's paid, but it'll I work. I'm minimizing it. Well, if you're ready to read headlines, I am. I am, okay. Okay. You go for it. Did you do your introduction? Yeah, I've already done it. Day on Wait. before coffee. Russia launches deadly <laughs> wave of missile attacks on Ukraine cities. Oh, I just opened a story and it went away. Okay, way to go, story. Trump loses bed to stop Mike Pence from testifying. That's what the story was, but it just vanished. Italian police arrest the Nadrachita Mafia boss after five years on the run. Ooh. Two U.S. Army just crashed in Alaska, killing three soldiers. Rishi Sunak. Melanie praises Sunak's immigration policies on a visit to number 10 Downing Street. And in economic news, wages and prices could show us cool down before a Fed meeting. I wonder if that's even going to be interesting. That and more interesting no news in today's outdoor version of, uh, what is it, April 29th, Friday, in 2023 on Before Coffee. Right. For my first story, let's talk about some more updates with the Ukrainian war. Women and child women and children die in Dnipro while missile strikes in Uman, south of Kiev, kill 10. Russian cruise missiles have killed at least 12 people in the central Ukrainian cities of Uman and Dnipro. Days after Ukraine's leader Zelensky begged his allies for more air defense supplies. Attacks are part of a wave of Russian missiles and drone strikes. In the early hours of Friday morning, the most intense aerial bombing, bombing of a major Ukrainian city in weeks, footage from Uman, where at least 10 people were killed, showed a building in flames and partially reduced rubble. A mother and her three-year-old daughter were killed in their home on the outskirts of Dinpero. Fragments of the missile shot down by the air defense appear to have fallen on the house in the rural area of, on the outskirts of Dinpero, police told the neighbors. It was loud enough that to understand that someone was probably hurt, said Alexander 
Kalinchenko, a neighbor who lives about 300 meters away. Most of Russia's attacks were intercepted, with 21 out of 23 missiles shot down by Ukrainian military. The missiles that got through were a grim reminder of why the country is so vulnerable when Moscow aims its weapons at civilian targets. Ukraine's foreign minister, Dimitro Kuleba, tweeted, Missile strikes killing innocent Ukrainians in their sleep, including a child, is Russia's response to all peace initiatives. Air raid alarms sounded across the country in the early hours of Friday, while explosions were heard in Kyiv and southern Mykolaiv was targeted again. 24 hours earlier, another round of cruise missiles aimed at the port city had killed at least one person and ne ended nearly four months of relative calm there. Ukraine strengthened air defense over the winter with help from Western allies after a Russian bombing campaign against power stations and other civilian infrastructure tried to cut off heating and power to major cities. However, leaked U.S. military do documents dated to February this year warned that by May, the country risked running out of missiles and ammunition. But that could be just a lie to make them think that they're about to run out. Because uh, it's leaked. We don't know if it's true or not. It's just leaked. Um, the missile launched on Friday were the first to target Kyiv in 50 days, although Iranian-made drones had tried to break the city's air defense repeatedly in that time. The wave of strikes came as Moscow, the world, and the world wait for Kyiv to launch a spring counteroffensive against Russian forces. On Thursday, NATO Secretary General Jens, Jens Stolenberg and said almost all the combat vehicles promised to Ukraine by the Western Allies had been delivered, putting Ukraine in a strong position to recover further ground. Stolenberg said the Western Allies had sent more than 1,550 uh, armored vehicles, 230 tanks, and a vast amount of ammunition to Ukraine, reported by Reuters. They had also trained and equipped about 30,000 troops, the equivalent of more than nine brigade, new brigades. They will put Ukraine in a strong position to continue to retake occupied territory, he said. On Thursday, the Kremlin said it still needed to achieve its aims of an invasion. The day after China's President Xi Jinping spoke to Zelensky over the phone for an hour, Beijing, who had a close strategic partnership with Moscow, has drawn up a peace proposal for Ukraine. But there is no sign that either side is ready to stop fighting and come to the negotiating table. Especially since it's probably going to be something like, give us all the land we already conquered, and then you get nothing and we stop attacking you. Oh wow, what a great deal! No? So, I don't really see this war ending unless Russia, like, just stops. Really, I think Ukrainians won't want to give away because they already gave away Crimea, and what did that do? It caused more land being taken, right? It didn't stop anything. It just, you know, stopped the inevitable, which was Russia trying to completely take over Ukraine, which is what it sounds like they're trying to do. So, yeah, well, they started a war to steal land, and I get what's really going to have to happen is either Putin's going to have to be replaced, or he's just going to have to get really old and die. Yeah. All right. So, uh, in politics news in America, Trump's bid to block Pence testifying in January 6th probe fails miserably. Donald Trump's legal troubles ratcheted up Wednesday night as the court rejected his emergency motion to block Mike Pence from testifying. In a criminal investigation into efforts to overturn the result of the 2020 election, Trump's effort to prevent his former vice president from giving evidence to special counsel Jack Smith's probe are now at the end after D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals' unanimous decision. Short of an unlikely challenge to the ruling before the Supreme Court, the former president had spent months trying 
the president, the former president spent months trying to prevent his communications from Pence from figuring into the investigation. This even is one after thing Pence we hate. wrote about some of them. Earlier on Wednesday, former journalist Eugene Carroll delivered distressing testimony, but that's not even related to the story. In a civil rape, uh, civil rape case suit. Race case. The former president has repeatedly tried and failed to close off some answers from witnesses close to him in the special counsel's investigation. The latest order from C, uh, from the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals likely will usher in Pence's grand jury testimony quickly, an unprecedented development in modern presidential history. The decision from Judges Patricia Mellett, Robert Wilkins, and Greg Katzis on the D.C. Circuit came in a sealed case on Wednesday night that CNN, this is a CNN story, previously identified as Trump's executive privilege challenge to Pence. No dissidents were noted on the public docket. Trump has tried to block Pence from testifying about their direct communications even after the vice president wrote about some of those exchanges and the lower court judge had ruled against them. Trump asked the D.C. District for emergency intervention weeks ago. The court refused to put on hold Pence's subpoena and override the lower court ruling, flatly denying Trump's request. Trump could try to appeal again and even press the issue at the Supreme Court, yet he gave up pushing several past executive challenges to special counsel Jack Smith's investigation after similarly rulings from the Court of Appeals. Trump's conversation with Pence in the days surrounding U.S. Capitol riot had been keen interested investigators from the attack and the former vice president wrote in a book that Trump told him he would be a wimp on a call the morning of the insurrection. Pence has already said he was not appealing part of the lower court's decision and would comply with the subpoena. Judge James Bo Bosberg of the D.C. District Court has acknowledged Pence could have some congressional protection during the time he served as president of the Senate during January 6, 2021. But that really does not appear to prevent him from answering questions before the grand jury about this many conversations with Trump from Election Day when Trump and his allies were pressuring Pence to block the congressional certification of the vote. Uh, these people just are confused about the law. You only have executive privilege when you're doing things legally. When you're in the middle of breaking the law, you don't have an executive privilege. You have no privilege. You're basically breaking the law. Anyway, that's the story. Yeah. It's stop Stop doing that. Just not that hard. Yeah, you Trump's... Did you did something bad, that's the end of it. Trump's going to spend the rest of his life in court. Speaking of getting arrested, Italian police arrest the Gangetta Mafia boss after five years on the run. Pasquale Bonavota featured on police's list of most dangerous criminals and is now, who's 49, is now who has been sought for since November 2018 after escaping an arrest warrant for homicide and mafia association issued by the magistrate in Calabria, southern Italy. So he's finally been caught after all that time. 2018. He was arrested on a Thursday morning in the no on Thursday morning in the northern port city of Genoa. Carabinieri officers said the local media said Bona Bonavota was leaving the city's cathedral when he was arrested and was carrying a fake ID. Bona Bonavota is considered the brains of the Bonavota the Negad. Get the, I don't know how to even say that. Nidrangheta Bonavota clan, which includes his two brothers based in Sant'Onofrio area of Calabrian province of Vivo Valen Valencia. Vivo, Vivo Valencia. It's southern Italy, okay? It's somewhere. 
Then operates in around Rome or sorry, it operates around Rome. Why don't they just say that instead of giving me the very specific location data? The clan also, also operates around Rome in the northern regions of Piedmont and Liguria, which includes Genoa. Hmm. The, the Mafia group is the most powerful wealth and mo wealthy Mafia in Italy, controlling the bulk of cocaine flow into Europe. It operates in more than 40 countries. It has successfully expanded well beyond traditional domains of drug trafficking and loan sharking, now using shell companies and frontmen to reinvest legal gains into the legitimate economy. Bona Vota went on to run shortly after being sentenced by a lower court to life in prison for two murders committed in 2014 and 2004 of a lower ranking member of his clan and a rival boss of a nearby clan. That sentence was overturned in 2021 by a court of appeal while he was on the run. However, Bonavolta was the last remaining fugitive suspect implicated in a massive case against the Vibo Valencia, the Dargetta, that led in the 2021 maxi trial against more than 300 alleged mafia members and their helpers. The trial is ongoing. In that indictment, Bonavolta is described as being the leader of who took the most important decisions along with the other top bosses and looked after the interests of association in Rome area in the gambling sec sectors and drug trafficking. The rest of Bonavolta comes three months after the high-profile capture of the Sicilian mafia boss Matteo Messini Denato. The Costa Nostra boss has been in a fugitive for 30 years. Okay. Well. Well, today's the 28th, man. I said the 29th. Yeah. That's okay. Right. It'll be the right. It'll be the right date on the actual title of the video, and that's all that matters. <laughs> just put, put, just added it in there. So, Italy has lost size. another mafia yeah. boss. Uh, good for them, I guess. That's kind of coincidentally. Um, I was looking at what happened in this day in history. Coincidentally. <laughs> Executed on this day. Oh. Yeah, there you go. There you go, Italy. How appropriate. All right. Is that the story? Yep, that's okay. it. All right. Uh, U.S. Army helicopter crash. This is a very short one. <clears throat> Two U.S. Army helicopters crashed in Alaska, killing three soldiers. Joint Base Elmendorf Richardson, Alaska. This is Associated Press. Two. two U.S. Army helicopters collided and crashed Thursday in Alaska while returning from a training flight, killing three soldiers and injuring a fourth. Two of the soldiers died on the scene of the crash uh, near Healy, Alaska, and a third died on the way to the hospital in Fairbanks. The four soldiers are being treated to hospital injuries. Four injuries, the Army said in a statement. The names of those who killed being withheld until relatives could be notified, the Army said. Each AA... 64 Apache helicopter was carrying two people at the time of the crash. John Parnell, spokesman for the U.S. Army Alaska, said the helicopters are from the 1st Attack Battalion, 25th A Aviation Regiment of Fort Wainwright, based near Fairbanks. This is an incredible loss for these soldiers' families, the fellow soldiers, and for the division. Major General Ryan Eiffler, commanding general of the 11th Air War Division, said in an Army statement, Our thoughts and prayers go out to the families, friends, and loved ones. We are making full resources. We are making the full resources of the Army available to support them. The Army said the cause of the crash was under investigation. More details were released when they become available. The cause of the crash is helicopters are flying death traps. That is the cause of the crash. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
I don't want to make light of it. But I've rode in helicopters, and all the time you're in a helicopter, you're like, hmm, this song going to die. <laughs> Your story. Okay. <laughs> We're uh, riding a helicopter? Yeah. Not a... Were you scary shitless? I don't like helicopters because they crash so much, I suppose. I've People only do that a lot. I, I lost colony of helicopters I've flown in, and all of them sucked. Yeah. And they, they intentionally try to scare the shit out of you, too. In uh, British news, or the UK news, we've got Rishi Sunak, the current Prime Minister, and mm -hmm. praising his Italian counterpart, Giorgia Maloney, at the start of her two-day visit in the UK. Far-right Italian Prime Minister in London for a new beginning, aiming at a deeper and wider alliance between the two countries. The Italian Prime Minister Giorgio Maloney has praised the work undertaken by her British counterpart Rishi Sunak to fight people and traffickers in clandestine immigration networks, as two of the most prominent white wing lingers in Europe met in Downing Street. It's so funny to see a brown guy as a right wing. Like, that, that shit is so hilarious to me. Like, what are you doing? They're still gonna get you even after you sell everyone else out. They don't care. But famously, no, what happens? Famously, what happens? Fascists will use whoever is useful for them and then get rid of them as soon as they're not useful. Tokens are useful, ask Clarence Thomas. At the start of the two-day visit, des designed to deepen relations between the two governments, Maloney was greeted outside Downing Street by a small group of demonstrators carrying placards reading, Stand up to racism and no fascist Maloney. Said the meeting with Sunak marked a new beginning in relations between Italy and Britain. I am very happy to be here. I am convinced that we can do a good job together, she said. She underlined that she absolutely agrees with the work Sunak was doing to counter the fight against traffickers and clandestine immigration. Sunak welcomed Maloney in Italian, saying, Thank you, Jadoria, and welcome to London, and he praised her for bringing stability to the Italian economy, because that's the most important thing. The economy. As always, who cares about people's rights and, you know, Fascism. Hey, at least we're making a lot of money! Yeah. The two yeah. sides are hoping they can form a deeper alliance straddling defense, Ukraine migration, and trade. Sunak was due to give Maloney a tour of Westminster Abbey before the coronation of Charles on the 6th of May. Alongside Poland, Italy represents probably the UK's best opportunity to influence the direction of the European Union from the outside. How about you just leave your hands out of the European Union because you left? Go yeah. bother somebody else. How about that? Yeah. Go, go join the Caribbean Union or something. <laughs> yeah, go join your Commonwealth or whatever the hell. Maloney, who leads the part? Sorry, what? Give your money to all the islands you exploited. Yeah, exactly. Go and return those artifacts in your museums to the rightful people. Much Maloney, of Maloney, who leads the far right Brothers of Italy party, because that's not. Yeah, no. That's not a worrying name. Has sought to distance herself from her own semi-fascist political roots. This week, as Italy marked the anniversary of its libertarian from liberation from fascism, as you mentioned earlier, she told a ceremony in Rome, For many years, the right-wing political parties in Parliament have been declared their incompatibility with any nostalgia for fascism. But she is dogged by members of her government who stray towards just such nostalgia. Among those taking part in Tuesday's ceremony was... Ignazio La Russa, a collector of fascist memorabilia, as well as Speaker of the Senate. 
Italy's second highest office of state. There's no reverence to anti-fascism in the Italian constitution, he quoted, saying. His comments sparked a barrage of criticism from the center-left and called for, for him to, to resign. Democratic Party leader Elie Schleen reacted by insisting that anti-fascism is our constitution. Maloney's brother-in-law, Francesco Lollobrigida, said, We cannot surrender to the idea of ethnic substitution, which he defined as Italians having fewer children and being placed, replaced with someone else. Okay, not this bullshit again. We're all humans! Oh, You're not being replaced by anyone! <laughs> we're not aliens of each from each other. Tucker Carlson Jr. You know how what easy it is to teach somebody to be an Italian person? Very easy. Oh, but they don't look like an Italian person. What the fuck does an Italian person look like? The North and South look so completely different from each other. Are those- which one's the real Italians? Shut up. I hate racial supremacy so much. Uh, the Italian government is considering how to ta tackle long-running decline in national birth rate. Uh, the answer is immigration. It's always been immigration. Naturally, historically, always yeah. immigration has been the solution to low birth rate. Forever, since the beginning of time. Oh, well, nobody's having babies anymore. Guess we'll just have other people come here to do it instead. I mean, Here's it was also used to be called China slavery. Population. China population is doing this, right? Russia's population is doing this, right? Why? Because they don't have immigrants. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody immigrates to Russia. Nobody immigrates to China. Let me go and be subjugated. Let me go work in an iPod factory, you know? Or something, you know? Whatever. I'm I mean, fam yeah, like I said, famously, immigration is how you solve the issue. Or, famously in the past, it was slavery. They, maybe people didn't immigrate to your country, but you sure bought a bunch of people to do a bunch of work. You know? There is 65,000... 65,000 thousand immigrants in the american military yeah not citizens they're yeah, not because even they're promised they're promised citizenship if they they actually yeah they are they're not even guaranteed it they're promised i know it's not, not i know it's not guaranteed but i know they're promised yeah. that's why they're there <laughs> i was promised today i didn't get that but anyway go ahead uh where were we i'm uh, getting angry about on the majority of new arrivals oh yeah in office since october maloney's government has pledged to curb mass immigration mainly from north africa because everyone hates africa oh no that's not what i said i said that <laughs> however more than thirty-five thousand people have arrived in italy so far in 2023 interior ministry data shows up to about 7,900 in the same period last year the majority of new arrivals come from the ivory coast guinea pakistan egypt tunisia Wait, ton I never can say that word. Bangladesh and Amazing. Bangladesh. Maloney has urged the EU to recognize the need for a single European policy on refugees and provides for support outside the EU borders for those affected by war and calamities. Oh, it's so sad that people are getting in wars and stuff caused by colonization. But that's not our problem. Get the fuck out of my country. <laughs> Who do you think yeah, caused destabilization? Yeah, sure. Africa was, you know, full of a lot of tribal warfare. Fair enough. So was Europe. But saying that Amer saying that Europe has no hand in like the destabilization of most of the Middle East and Africa is just completely ridiculous to me. Um, in a sign of convergence between the two countries, the UK Foreign Secretary James Cleverly and the Defense Secretary Ben Wallace and the Trade Secretary Kemi Badenoch. Traveled to Rome on the 8th and 9th of February 
Italy and the UK are committed to a multi-billionaire dollar strategic design of the sixth generation Tempest military fighter together with the Japanese. Italy is currently embroiled in a row over the EU decision to appoint Luigi Di Maio, the former foreign minister and leader of the Five Star Movement, an EU special envoy to the Gulf, a decision that the Italian coalition government said it was not consulted about. The appointment, a critical one as relationships between Saudi Arabia and Iran thaw, was made personally by the EU High Representative for Foreign Affairs and Security Policy, Joseph Borrell. So, they, uh, together with Sunak, Maloney and Sunak are going purge all the undesirables from you, from their countries and then they're gonna go somewhere else and then those people are gonna purge them and then we're gonna be like ah oh, this isn't genocide this is just saving our culture or whatever the other reasons they want to be fascist with your story i'm good getting too Euro heated about this <laughs> good old european xenophobia <laughs> and and we we shit on the fascists every chance we get because they're worth shitting on and more uh, rich people trying to use all their money on, uh, you know, rich people. We're rich. You're... Okay. Key wage and inflation. Wow, I'm yelling too much. Yeah. Key wage and inflation gauges released on Friday are expected to moderate, which may give federal comfort as to consider when to stop raising rates. About time. This is by Ben Castleman and Gianna Gianna Smielek from the New York Times. Government data on Friday will provide one final update on inflation, spending on spending and wages before the Federal Reserve's interest rate decisions next week. Forecasters expect data from the Labor Department to show that the key measure of wages and salaries increased about 4.6% in the first quarter from a year earlier. While that would be a modest slowdown from a year from the end of last year, the growth would be faster. The growth would be faster than a pace that policymakers consider sustainable, given their concern that quick pay gains could help fuel future inflation. Commerce Department data also set for release Friday's expect showed that inflation eased somewhat in the March, but remained uncomfortably high. While consumer spending most likely slumped or may have even fallen, investors will scrutinize the data for clues about where the economy is headed and how the Fed will react. Most observers expect the central bank to raise rates a quarter percentage point on Wednesday. Continuing an aggressive campaign to bring inflation to here. It was not caused by people spending money. Dude. No. It was caused by corporate profit taking. But just as important as will be what monetary policy signaled about the profit for the rest of 2023, and that is likely to be shaped by inco incoming economic data and financial developments. Fed officials have already lifted rates to nearly 5%. And this guy is blinding me with his headlights right here. It's the middle of the day and he's blinding me. Holy Jesus. Oh, he's going through the drive through McDonald's. Okay, thank you. Policymakers hope that raising... I couldn't even see. Policymakers hope that by raising borrowing costs and keeping them high for some time, you, they can cool off demand. You must have your mic muted. I can hear you laughing. I can see you laughing. Uh, to allow price pressures to moderate without slowing it so much that companies shred workers... Not shred workers. Shed workers in mass. They might just shred them. We'll see. It won't be an easy task, especially if they try to shred them. 
Data released on Thursday showed that spending and inflation both remain high in the first three months of the year. Uh, once again, spending is not driving inflation. It's corporate profit-taking. Still, recent data have offered some encouraging signs. Consumer spending surged in January but fell in February, and forecasters expected to then on Friday to show that spending was roughly flat in March, suggesting that households might be pulling back. You're seeing some of that robustness to start really start to reverse a little bit, said Stephen Juno in Economics of Bank of America. Wages, too, have been rising more slowly, at least according to monthly data. Economists will watch for the same trend in the quarterly data, which they view as more reliable. If it shows up, that could be a sign that labor market was beginning to cool off, even without a big increase in unemployment. See, they're trying to cause an increase in unemployment. One wild card remains inflation itself. Prices are no longer rising as quickly as they were at their peak last year, but they have come down more slowly and less consistently than many forecasters expected or than Fed officials alike. We knew that inflation was going to be rocky and bumpy, said Megan Green, chief economist for the Kroll Institute. Another bunch of people that just sit around and spend money. We found peak inflation, but it's not going to be smooth. It's not going to be a smooth path down. And regardless of what happens with Friday's data, the Fed will need to weigh another complication. The banking sector remains in turmoil after a series of high-profile bank failures in March. First, Republic has continued. First Republic has continued to struggle, and its stock plummeted this week. Problems in the industry can slow lending to consumers and businesses weighing on the economy. That will be important considerations. Monetary policy. Monetary policymakers. You beat their next rate move. Um, I will say this again: these supply-side economic folks, when it comes to getting all the money and trickling it down to everybody, they think that's how it works. In reality, when people have money to spend, it trickles up, and rich people get all the money that they've spent. But what's really happening in this case is. Uh, rampant speculation by businesses. They got huge tax, cut, tax cuts where they just used them to make stock buybacks, not to hire people. And when inflation got high, they decided, hey, shortages, we can claim their shortages and we can start making huge profits on gouging people. And then as soon as the inflation gets out of hand, they punish the poor people by raising interest rates. Your story. Yeah, it's not like it's not like poor people are causing they're like they're not causing inflation. <laughs> they're just living their lives. They're just doing normal shit, normal everyday shit. They're not doing any sort of economic, you know, transitioning or. But this is legitimately what they say. They say we need to cause unemployment to slow inflation. They think unemployment slows inflation. No. No, that's just absurd. It's an absurd notion. They, yeah. Oh, yeah. Here's what happens. Unemployment will slow in inflation, but it'll also cause a recession. <laughs> and then a depression, and then we're going to be turning to the Great Depression. Yay. <laughs> All right. In culture news, Ed Sheeran sings in court as part of a Marvin Gaye plagiarism case. British singer testifies about songwriting practice and plays guitar during trial over whether he copied Gaye's classic, Let's get it on. As usual, Gay's family is trying to cash in on their their family member who is not even alive anymore, really. Because, hey, copyright is everywhere. He's just the His most... Im- huh? 
that's one of the most tragic deaths ever. Marvin Gaye's dad shot him. His dad was a preacher. I'm just his saying. Can... I'm just saying. Right? This yeah. dude is is gone, but his family yeah. constantly is like, "You're copying his music all the time." They they have. I'm pretty sure somebody said on Twitter, which you know, take that with a grain of salt, that they do the most like music-based copyright cases ever. As like as soon as somebody yeah. breathes. <gasps> Marvin Gaye breathed exactly like that. You owe me one million. That's that's what they do. It's really fucked up. That's additionally uh, well, more fucked up. You have to come up with a chord sequence that somebody else wrote before they, you know. Otherwise, if it was a unique chord sequence, they're probably going to have to say, "Well, Marvin Gaye, it's all right to that song." But Marvin Gaye's just <laughs> yeah. His, his their family is just like, get over it, dude. Ed Sheeran played the chord progression to his hit song, Thinking Out Loud, and sang on the witness stand in Manhattan Federal Court on Thursday, during a trial over whether he copied Marvin Gaye's classic, Let's Get It On. Testifying as the writer first witness in his own defense to a packed courtroom, the British singer-songwriter described his process for writing the song by everlasting love in 2014, shortly after he began a new romantic relationship after his grandfather died. I draw inspiration from a lot of things in my life and family, said Sheeran, saying the song was inspired by the love he observed between his grandparents. The 32-year-old is being sued by heirs of songwriter Ed Townsend, Gay's co-writer, on the 1973 song. Townsend's hires, heirs, sorry, Townsend's heirs are seeking a share of profits from the Thinking Out Loud, saying that the syncopated chord progression was copied from Let's Get It On. Sheeran testified for nearly an hour on Thursday, explaining how his friend and collaborator Amy Wodge started strumming the chords for the song during a visit to his home in England, and how they had collaborated on the lyrics. On the stand, he sang the phrase, I'm singing out now, which he said he sang during the songwriting session with Wodge. He said that the phrase sounded like, I'm thinking out loud, which ultimately became the title. When I write vocal melodies, it's like phonetics, Sharon said. He then picked up a guitar from behind the witness stand, played the chord progression to the song, and sang the opening words, when your legs don't work like they used to. Sharon said, told, uh, Sh told the court that he preferred to work quickly, with the most of his songs written in a day, or even a matter of minutes. He said that he had written up eight or nine songs in a single day in the past. Thinking Out Loud went on to be number one on the UK and number two in the US, won a Grammy Song of the Year in 2016. Lawyers for Townsend earlier this week showed a video of Sheeran transitioning seamlessly between Thinking Out Loud and Let's Get On in a live performance they said amounted to a confession that he ripped off the song. In court, Sheeran replied, most pop songs can fit over most pop songs. If I had done what you accused me of doing, I'd be quite an idiot to stand on the stage in front of 20,000 people and do that. Travels interrupted on Wednesday when one of the plaintiffs, Townsend's daughter, Catherine Griffin Townsend, collapsed and had to be carried out of court. Griffin Townsend fainted just as Sheeran's team began to a cross-examination with a musicologist who had been bought to testify there was a substantial similarity between the two songs. Griffin Townsend previously appeared as a witness, saying she intended to protect my father's legacy by making money off of her his legacy by suing other artists. That's not what she said, but that's kind of what she's doing. I'm just saying, it's very convenient that these people are constantly uh -oh. suing other people for songs because they're not doing anything for themselves, right? I will say this. I will say this. There's a long history in the United States of black artists getting ripped off by white artists. I know. So. I understand. And I know. I know it's not necessarily Ed Sheeran's fault, but you know, you got people like Al Elvis, Led Zeppelin. You know, they got rich off other people's music, and they beat them a nominal sum. 
You know, some of them didn't, didn't pay anything. I mean, Led Zeppelin just recorded music and didn't give anybody credit, even though they blatantly stole it. They yeah. had to get to go back there and give Willie Dixon credit and everybody else for all these songs and Led Zeppelin and didn't have a whole lot of original material for the first two albums because everything they got, even like Whole Lot of Love, right? That was stolen. You know, Dazed and Confused was stolen. You know, it was a song called I'm Confused. Yeah, so, you know. My specific problem with this isn't that they want, you know, not their things to be copyrighted. My specific problem with this is that they're not the artist. They're a family member of the artist who are dead, right? And they're specific. Yeah. That's my problem with it. The artist is gone. The artist isn't here anymore. It's the family members of the dead artists who are like, hey, you stole this. And it's like, yeah, very convenient that the guy who wrote it is dead, so he can't be here to say, I give you permission or whatever. Because why would any family member of a famous artist give permission for the songs to be used in any, co in any sort of licensing and copyright when they could just sue and get money and then not have to live or do anything for their li entire life? Because they can just sue for millions of dollars because, hey, your song got famous what? enough to make billions in record sales, and so I want a cut of that because you obviously copyrighted our song. And that's all I'm saying, right? That's where that's it becomes movie. less about protecting the artist and more about how can I make it's money from my that. dead relative? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's that's, like the people that own, whoever owns Prince's music, whoever that is, he didn't have any kids, right? Yeah. Uh, you might have some kid out of wedlock, but yeah, they're making money. They never wrote that shit. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's my problem with it. Oh, wait, like, I didn't finish yet. Let me finish. Um, she is one of the three plaintiffs, along with Townsend's sister, Helen McDonald, and estate of Ed Townsend's ex-wife, Sharon Gill Townsend. Townsend died in 2003. Gay died in 1984. And the trial is expected to resume on Monday. Hopefully with some more free Ed Sheeran concert, I guess. So we'll see what happens with that court case. I, on Monday, we'll probably, or Tuesday, we'll probably talk about it again. And, uh... Right. On to this day in history. This day in history, so I can get back to work here at some point. Uh, King Edward IV of England was born this day in 1442 in Rouen, France. The King of England was born in France. In 1758, James Monroe, the fifth president of the United States, author of the Monroe Doctrine, was born on this day, April 28th. In 1789, Captain William Bly of the British ship Bounty and 18 of his men were set adrift by mutinous soldiers led by the master mate Fletcher Christian. And of course, that was 1789, uh, what is it, memorialized by the movie Mutiny on the Bounty. And all of those mutineers settled in what island? What island did they settle in? The uh, Isle of Man. Oh. Isle of Man. Isle of Man. So everybody that's living on an island right now is a descendant from the mutiny of the bounty, bounty <laughs> mutineers. 1878, American actor Lionel Barrymore was born in Philadelphia. He played Mr. Potter in It's a Wonderful Life. In 1881, also uh, the great uncle of Drew Barrymore. Yes. Gunfighter Billy the Kid in 1881 escaped from a prison in Mesilla, New Mexico. Hey. You know where that is? We we've eaten at that restaurant it's a it's a restaurant now in Mesilla, which is a little part of las cruces and it's uh la Mesilla. it's a place full of parrots and uh no the place full of parrots is down the street the jail is a different place anyway billy the kid escaped in 1981 from that jail 
in Mesilla, New Mexico. In 1926, American Arthur Harper Lee, who wrote To Kill a Mockingbird, a mockingbird was born. The sequel was To Kill a Mockingbird. No, it wasn't actually. Didn't, um, she did write a sequel. Totally bombed that one. What's a it mockingbird? Did, actually. Sequel to, the, uh, to Kill a Mockingbird was very unpopular because it basically proved that all the white people were racist the whole time. <laughs> Even if they did a good thing for one black guy, they're still racist. It, it was a work of fiction. It was a work of fiction. So it didn't really prove anything. It was just some characters doing stuff. 1947, Norwegian ethnologist and adventurer Thor Heyerdahl and small crew set sail from Peru aboard the primitive craft Kontiki, which I had to read in eighth grade, and arrived in Polynesia three and a half months later. I know all about Thor and his journey, and it was pretty awesome. And... He had a he had a guy named Newt on his raft, but it was spelled so he when we read it we called him Nut. In 1952, the LA occupied occupation of Japan came to an end. There were seven years of rope rapid social economic change after World War II. 1967, at the height of Vietnam War, Boxer Maudi Ali refused induction in U.S. Army, citing religious reasons. His subsequent Eviction, conviction was over, eventually overturned by the U.S. Supreme Court. Muhammad Ali was 26 when he was drafted, when the average draftee was 19. So it was completely political that he was drafted in the first place. French leader Charles de Gaulle in 1969 resigned his presidency. In 1996, an Australian gunman, Martin Bryant, began a killing spree that left 35 people dead and some 18 wounded in Port Arthur area of Tasmania. It was the country's worst mass shooting and led to Australia banning assault weapons. Wow, Australia got a brave. Wow, how about that? American businessman Dennis Tito became the first space tourist when he's launched into orbit in 2001 aboard Russian supply mission to the International Space Station. He paid approximately $20 million for the six-day trip. Now, 2003, Apple launched the iTunes Store. 2004, uh, the, the exposed of Abu Ghraib prison in Iraq was exposed in a CBS documentary. Birthdays today, Penelope Cruz. Hey, I was just thinking about her. Why? I don't know. I, I, my brain was like, she always has that yeah. accent every time she's in a film. That's all I was thinking. It was just a random thought. It was yesterday. I was like, ah, she does always speak like that. And my brain was like, okay, anyways, next topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In 1974, Jay Leno turns 73. He's born in 1950. Terry Pratchett was born in 1948. Hey. Mer- English up. Saddam Hussein's birthday, born in 1937. Not so and of course, gay. We, already, we already mentioned Harper Lee. And of course, the big event today, Benito Mussolini was executed. El Duce, after a series of military adventures, became unpopular even among his fellow fascists, was captured while trying to flee Italy and was executed this day in 1945 and along with his mistress and they were hung upside down out the window. Yes. And uh, just like all fascist dictators should end up. And today is National Whatever Day. Let's see. Let's see what it is. 
It is National Arbor Day, so happy Arbor Day. Go plant a tree. Okay, I will. National Superhero Day. National Biological Clock Day. Oh my. Oh God. <laughs> April 28th is National Clean Comedy Day. Bet you didn't know there was a National Clean Comedy Day, but there Clean is. Clean comedy, you know, like just really simple jokes, ones. Clean comedy. No, clean comedy, like uh, Jim Gaffigan or Brian Regan. The guys oh, don't okay. swear. Yeah, you know what I mean. Donate Life Blue and Green Day. Let's get our blue and green on as we donate to, to life this holiday. Okay, get your blue and green on. <laughs> Global Pay It Forward Day. All right. So you go through the drive through, you pay for the person behind you. Hope they just kind of carry it on with that. All right. I've done it. That's it. That's today. I've done it at tolls. Like you go to a toll and the person in front of you paid. Oh, he paid your toll. Really? Okay. Well, I paid the guy behind me then. And I've done that. I've done it like three or four times. Somebody paid my toll. So I guess I'm paying the guy behind me then, you know? Because I've already I'm got the travel. freaking quarters out. Like, what's the point? Yeah. Uh, no, I'm on traveling. I get, I get. Uh, you get it for free, anything. so to say. I get one. All right. So that's today's news. April 28th. I know I said the 29th, but for a change, I'm not living in the past. So I'm in the future, where there's flying cars, and there better be flying cars pretty soon. I'm tired of this. I was promised flying cars, but the year 2000. Nothing so far. Nothing. Drones ain't doing it, man. Drones are boring. You can't get in a drone and go fly over a mountain. They have created those, actually, down. but not flying over mountains. There are, like, really small little drone things. They look like little helicopters, but with drones. They do exist. Yeah, they're like jetpacks. <laughs> anyway, that's today. April 28th, 2023 on Before Coffee. That's been me from Netherlands talking about the Ukraine war and Ed Sheeran. I hope to see you next week for some more glorifying news about what's going on in Europe and the U.S. Have a good one. And we'll review the NFL draft, which just got underway last night. But we're not going to review it till it's over. Okay. All right. Goodbye. Be sure to hit the like, subscribe, and notify buttons, and follow our other channels, Toxic Alley, History of Gravy, and Scratchy Old Records.